I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Wagon Wheel. Chocolatey mallow discs, they're the same size as they were in the old days, it's just your hands have got bigger. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden, and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I really should just record myself saying this, and use it at the start of every show, rather than have to say it every episode. But I want to make everything authentic, I don't like this copy and paste business. So yeah, even though my introduction might be the same, it's actually a different take. Anyway, I've probably ruined this introduction by admitting that. This week, I'm looking at the song Flash of the Blade, which is track four on the Power Slave album. Last week, I looked at the instrumental song Lost for Words, and I didn't realise it was my 50th episode. So this is quite exciting, but there was no cake because I never noticed until after I put it up online. So I do apologise if there wasn't a party atmosphere on the show. I did involve some other people though, You may remember that a lot of people gave their experiences when they were lost for words. I know a few other people commenting on things like the history of trainers with Adi Das and and Rudolf, his brother. Rudy Dassler came up in conversation this week on Twitter and Poison16 once again gave a fact about him. He said that Rudolf Dassler invented Tunnock's caramel wafer during the war. I was excited by this and I spent quite a lot of time looking into it I found that it wasn't true, so I'm a bit disappointed with this. Moving on, I had some criticism from Solomon Kane, and he says he's been doing a pie chart of every episode to date, and in Lost for Words, it was the lowest percentage of me talking about the song. Apparently, I only gave information about Lost for Words for less than 20% of the show, and the rest of it was taken up with things like definitions and stories about Knickerbocker glories. As a result of this, I'll be talking a lot more about the song Flash of the Blade this week. I had a message from John Carter, who was interested in some of those word merges that we came up with. Uh, Trevor called them portmanteaus. He says he was disappointed that I didn't mention a word merge that I'd come up with in the Killers series. In the Prodigal Son episode, I described the style as frog rock. You may remember this. This was my own word of folk and prog. I forgot about this. So I'd like to thank John Carter for bringing that back to my attention. And yeah, maybe I should have used that as an example, instead of Brangelina and Chillax. Anyway, this week, Flash of the Blade. And straight away, it's got a big impact. It's a really fast intro. I think it might be the fastest intro yet. And in beats per minute terms, it's, it's over 200. It sort of goes, diddle, 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 diddle. Like that. And, and that's a bit different, isn't it, to last week's diddle dumb section in Lost for Words. This week we've just got a diddle section. It's detailed analysis like this that I hope makes Solomon Kane happy this week in his pie chart. After the diddle intro, all the other bits come in. And I really like it. It sort of kicks in nicely. And there's, there's this funny sort of cymbal sound that Nico does. I don't know if it's a ride or a gong, but there's all sorts of noises. And it's got like an eastern sound to it. I found out a bit more about the intro to Flash of the Blade when I spoke to Adrian Smith on my Christmas special. There were several things that we discussed that didn't make it onto the show. And as two artists, we were talking about guitars. As I believe this is relevant to the current episode, I'll now play that section that was previously unreleased of the chat we had together. 
I really liked your Gangland video that you did recently on YouTube where you sort of showed your playing it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, thank you, yes. I uh, rather enjoyed that. I uh, thought it would be something different for the fans. Uh, I hope to do some others. I've got one in mind, actually. Uh, although I never liked it because it was done on one string, the, the intro. Oh, right. I, I, uh, I played The Eyes of March on one string when I was a boy. Oh, really? Yeah, I... Uh, Performed it at a Tupperware party. Although it was on a toy guitar. I could probably do it today. I've got a guitar. Shall I show you? Oh, go on then, yeah. Let's have a, have a look. Here it is. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's a beauty. Oh, yeah. Rather lovely. It's, uh, is it in tune? Oh, no, I don't think it is. Can you tune it for me? Oh, no, I can't do that. I, uh, we have a boy do that for us. Uh, or, we, or we carry gadgets. We have gadgets to do it. Uh, I don't have it with me. Oh, okay. I can try and play it for you. I'll have to stand up, though, because I'll have to put the, the guitar up to the, the microphone. I don't want to adjust it. Yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's hear it. Okay. Whoops. It's okay. Try again. Oh, yes, very nice. Uh, so you say you performed that once? Yeah, it was uh, when I was a, a Tupperware party when I was little. So that's uh, something you've done that I haven't. Uh, I've never performed that song live. So. Oh, yeah, thanks. I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, anyway, so you were saying that you, there's another song that's one one string. Well, yeah, well, technically, um, it's only the intro, and uh, it's, it's Flash the Blade, and we have to do what are called hammer-ons, uh, it's quite hard to do on an acoustic guitar, so I, I perhaps wouldn't suggest it or, or try it on that one anyway, because clearly it's out of tune. Um, but uh, yes, the, uh, it's just a simple hammer on, on the third string. That's disappointing. So it's quite easy to learn, then. I could probably do it quickly. Well, yes, uh, I can show you. So you just uh, put your finger on the fret there. And uh, yeah, you just, uh, the, the four notes and just go up from the seventh, eighth, tenth, and then down to the fifth. Hang on a minute, sorry. The, the, the seventh there, uh, yeah. So it's, it's this note. Yes, but a hammer-on is where you do you wiggle your finger on the note and off the note. Okay, like this. Yeah, but, yeah but you might be better off muting the other strings. What? You might be better off muting the other strings because you'll just get, you'll just make, bleed and make a mess. Well, I've got a first aid kit. No, no, not your finger, I mean the, the sound. Oh, hang, hang on there. Oh, that's good. Well, well, yeah, it needs a bit of work. It's easier with an electric guitar, a bit of distortion, of course. But, uh, yeah, maybe practice it for the new year. Once the intro's finished... We get Bruce coming in with the singing, and we get to hear what the lyrics are. The first line is, As a young boy chasing dragons, with your wooden sword so mighty. You can imagine Bruce Dickinson as a boy, 
when he sings this. Maybe, maybe playing with, with a sword and, and looking for a dragon. I imagine he's chasing this dragon, a bit like a hero. Maybe he's a prince or a warrior. I imagine him running around the living room or maybe in his back garden while he's playing this game. Maybe he's running in a circle like a dog chasing his tail or like Trevor chasing his bouncy ball. I believe he's chasing a dragon in this way rather than using role-playing games because he'd have to be sitting still at a table, wouldn't he? Rolling a dice in order to get this dragon. I can't see Bruce Dickinson playing Dungeons and Dragons. And if you had a wooden sword in this game, you'd be laughed out of the tavern. You know, you'd lose reputation points. So I think he's talking more about playing in the garden. I used to imagine that I was hunting dragons and monsters when I played as a boy. I didn't have a wooden sword though. Once, my mum made me one by cutting out a sword shape out of a box of shreddies. It was made of cardboard, so it wasn't very sturdy. And I don't think any villains would have been intimidated by the sight of me wielding this. One Christmas though, I got a Thundercat sword and this helped. Uh, it had a red light on it, but when he pressed it, it didn't actually summon the Thundercats. After this, he says, you're St George or you're David. St George is the patron saint of England and there's a story about him and a dragon. And this is what I believe is being referred to. But when he says, you're St George or you're David, there is also a St David and he's the patron saint of Wales. So is Bruce being either one of those? Or is it like a game where you choose which side you are? And maybe David is the dragon? I think that's a good name for a dragon. In the chorus, the lyric says, you die as you live with a flash of the blade. And there's been this sort of dying and living in sort of conjunction with each other on previous songs. You may remember on Sun and Steel, it says, death in life is your ideal. And on Aces High, it says, run, live to fly, fly to live. This is like saying that what they do is their life and they don't mind dying for it. So whether you're a pilot in a, in a World War II plane or whether you're a swordsman, you expect to die and you don't mind going to work to do this because you're so passionate about what you do and you believe in it. I can't really relate to this. Um, when I was an apprentice at Bristol Street Motors in Birmingham, I don't think I enjoyed going to work. I wouldn't die for Bristol Street Motors. And when I did some data input a few years later, again, I didn't feel passionately about this job. So I guess it's nice if you do feel that about your job. But for me, there's a different sort of motto, which is, you work to live, not live to work. And, and this isn't an Iron Maiden lyric. And, and that's because Iron Maiden enjoy their job as well. They're very passionate about that. And you can see that in their history. The term flash of the blade is quite unusual. It suggests it's like an action, but it isn't like a swish and a swoosh like you'd expect, like Adrian's fishing rod in his book. They're talking about a flash. The flash here is the sun reflecting on the blade, the metal. And this is an echo of the song Invaders, where the swords and shields gleam in the sun on the mighty Norsemen, or Vikings if you prefer. There's a strange line in the chorus, and it says, in a corner forgotten by no one. It's a bit strange, because what it means is they're left in the corner, but remembered by everybody. They'll be like a legend. But they use this sort of double negative, forgotten by no one. I think this is an odd phrase, and they don't do this because it rhymes with the previous phrase, because that ended with honour. And honour and no one aren't rhymes. They're not even assonant rhymes. Even though I think this is a strange line today, I used to like it as a boy, because it was sang quite high. 
with Adrian Smith, I believe, on harmonies. So I'd sing along because I was in the choir. It sort of went, In a corner for a garden by no one. This suited my voice a little because my voice was high then when I was about 10. Um, although I was quite pleased with that effort then. As a boy, I thought I might become the next Ali Jones or Jimmy Somerville from the Bronsky Beats. There's a really nice part in the chorus uh, on the bass and it happens when Bruce actually says Flash of the Blade. And it extends into the next line. Now it's time for... Steve Harris's diary Steve Harris's diary Steve Harris's diary Steve Harris's diary September 1984 We decided to miss out a few new songs on the tour Flash of the Blade didn't make the cut Bruce was a bit annoyed But I've got to show him who's boss, ain't I? I've kept revelations in though So don't get too upset Nice to be playing dates in the UK again this month. So many changes while we've gone away. Went to the news agent. It turns out they stopped selling Spangles. It was bad enough when they got rid of Pacers. I used to like them. I'm a bit annoyed that Van Halen have had a top ten single this year. I notice they're using synthesizers. We might have to adapt a bit like that in the future. I notice Bruce said you can't play heavy metal with synthesizers. So I hope that don't come back to haunt us. Steve Harris's diary Steve Harris's diary Steve Harris's diary Steve Harris's diary So I mentioned that the song might be about Bruce playing as a boy but actually it's a bit more serious than this because it's a swordsman or woman avenging the death of their family because it talks about a house in smoking ruins and bodies at your feet. And then it mentions that wreaking your vengeance. So it's a song aimed at you. It says bodies at your feet and wreak your vengeance. So you're put in the part of the swords person. And I like this because it took me out of my humdrum life. The song structure is quite simple compared to some other songs on this album with verse and a chorus. But as you'd expect, there's a solo section. And I believe it sounds quite medieval. If you slow it down, I can see this being played in a royal court, perhaps by a chamber trio. You'd have those men in wigs with that funny makeup, sort of skipping about and clapping. See what you think. Flash of the Blade has never been played live, and I'll come to that later. But it has appeared on some film soundtracks, although I've never heard of any of them. It's also been covered by a few people, and again, I haven't heard of any of those bands either, except Avenged Sevenfold. I've heard of them. Strangely, the song also appeared in the cartoon Gem. You might know it as Gem and the Holograms. It was a cartoon in the 80s about this girl band. I heard about this, so I thought I'd try and find it online. I read that it was in episode 3, called Kimber's Rebellion, and Kimber was the keyboard player in the band. 
I sat through 25 minutes of a gem episode. I couldn't hear it anywhere, so I got a bit frustrated. I had a look on Wikipedia, which is where I found it originally, and it said exactly where it was. It said when, when they returned from Paris after a video shoot, there was a man in the background with a boombox, and you could hear it there. So I went back into the video, and I sort of skipped to this section, and I couldn't hear it. I saw the man with his boombox, but no, no flash of the blade. I thought this might be Poison 16 again, messing me about. Maybe put a fake entry onto Wikipedia, knowing that I'd cover this song next week. But then I had a look at some official gem websites, or, f- or rather fan sites, and I saw that, apparently, they remade those first eight episodes, making a few changes. It seems that Flash of the Blade was one of those changes. So I wonder if the band found out that they'd put it in without permission and had it removed. Or maybe they just thought it wasn't adding anything. So there may be some versions of this episode out there. Maybe you've got one taped from the 80s on, on a video. Or maybe it was on the original video release, officially. I don't know when the remakes happened. I didn't want to delve too deeply into the Gem fan site. It seemed quite a strange place. This might be the only time that Iron Maiden have appeared in the cartoon. Um, I'm surprised they haven't been on The Simpsons. So it's quite strange to think that Iron Maiden were featured in an episode of Gem. But then I suppose Nico was on the Sooty Show, so anything's possible. The good news is that I watched an episode of Gem so that you don't have to. So that's just another example of the sacrifices I make for this podcast. It wasn't a very good episode, so I don't recommend it. As I said before that, Flash of the Blade hasn't been played live, and I believe it's because there are too many guitar parts in some of those sections, and they wouldn't have been able to cope with it. They've clearly used overdubs because they've only got two arms, so they can't play two guitars at the same time. Funnily enough, now that Yannick's in the band, maybe they could cope with this, but they haven't thought about bringing it back. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now, see what he thinks. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I've been doing a bit of spring cleaning, and it isn't even spring yet. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, have you got rid of a few things? Yeah, just been sorting out boxes. Um moving things around in the shed. Oh, good. Sounds like getting things in order. Had a few comments uh, about what you said last week, because, of course, you're in the show for longer. Yeah. Is that happening again this week? No, I've already done most of the show. I'm just ringing you now near the end. Oh, right. I thought I thought it might have been the popular thing. Well, I think some people were happy with it. But uh, anyway, I'll just read you some comments. Um, Andrew Whitnell was uh, very complimentary, and, and your story about the Knickerbocker glory brought back memories for him. Uh, he had trips to Hastings with his nan, and uh, he always wanted a Knickerbocker glory as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad my uh, my tales can inspire emotions in people, as well as my poetry. Okay, although it does seem like he has actually experienced a Knickerbocker glory, whereas perhaps you haven't. All right, well, that's good for him, isn't it? Okay, well, I also had a message from Kirsty Prince, who, uh, when he talked about going out with someone called Wendy, um, and you said you were, you'd been known as Trendy. She thought you were going to say whenever, uh, and she'd put it the other way around. So I thought that was quite clever. Oh, yeah, that, that could have worked as well. But uh, do you know if there are any Wendy's that listen to the show, Wayne? Do you have any statistics like that? No, it doesn't come with names of people. I, I get maybe locations where they listen, but I, it doesn't give me that data. That would be a breach of uh, GDPR, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, maybe. Okay, well, anyway, this is Flash of the Blade episode. Have you got any thoughts on the song? Yeah, well, Flash of the Blade, it always reminds me of the time that boy pulled a knife on us when we went to the fair in Stetchford. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. 
Didn't you offend him? No. I just said, that's a gay balloon. And he didn't like it. Well, no, well, I can see why. Well, no, I meant gay, like brightly coloured. And that's what it meant. Uh, I'd been reading Enid Blyton, and that was used in one of the books. So I thought it was a nice thing to say. Oh, yeah, OK, well, maybe... I mean, Enid Blyton was old then, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he was... He followed us for a bit, didn't he? I was scared he was going to steal the prizes I won at Hooker Duck. Didn't you win a rabbit? No. That was Dave Murray in Adrian's book. Oh, yeah. OK, well, that the title maybe brings that back, but what about the song itself? Well, yeah, I like it. It's a good song. It's fast. It's about fighting. It doesn't mess about. It just does the job, bang, and then it's done. Do you know it featured on the cartoon, Gem? I did, actually, yeah. I've mentioned it earlier. Oh, right, good. Hey, it was on the original episode. Um, I remember that. But then I think they remade them, so it's not there now. It's quite hard to find. So you knew this? Yeah. Well, wish you told me this. It saved me watching an episode of it. Were you a fan of Gem, then? Yeah, I quite liked it. It was on children's ITV. And they've got a Gem Con. That's a convention for fans of the show. People dress up for it. Blitz in America. I had a gem doll once. Why did you have a gem doll? My nan got it from a charity shop. She thought it was Princess Leia from Star Wars. How could you get them mixed up? Princess Leia never wore 80s clothes and whatever they are, those funny sock things. I wish she never saw Star Wars. She didn't know. But I said thank you, because it's nice to do that. When people get things wrong... You don't draw attention to their mistakes, Wayne. Just go along with it and accept it. I can smile about it now, but at the time it was terrible. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, last week you also mentioned about Valentine's Day coming up. Um, how's that going? Yeah, I've sent some cards with some versing. I thought maybe I could offer that for fans. Maybe I could do commissions. If people want a four-line verse for a loved one, they could send it to me and I could do it. Maybe I'd charge a pound. And then, if they want a sonnet, maybe scale it up a bit. I don't think people will want you to write a poem for their loved ones. Why not? Saves them the job. I think people want to impress those loved ones. They don't want to ruin the relationship. Well, I wouldn't do that. I'd be able to do it nicely. Well, have you, can you remember any that you've done this year? I suppose. Have you written to any celebrities? You claimed last week that you sent Valentine's cards to famous people. Yeah, sent one to Claudia Winkleman. How did that go? Dear Claudia, I am rendered breathless by your hypnotic gaze, and I could stroke your fringe for many days. I try to speak, but I'm all a stumble. I could be the custard for your apple crumble. Love, Trevor. OK, well, I don't know if Claudia Winkleman would approve of being called an apple crumble. That's hardly very complimentary, is it? It is. I like apple crumble. Sweet. Satisfying and classic. Isn't isn't Claudia Winkleman married? Dunno, I don't look at those things. It doesn't matter, does it? Although I know Zodiac from Gladiator is divorced. Okay, well I should mention to people listening in other countries that Claudia Winkleman is a TV presenter. I think she does radio and uh, she also does the Strictly Come Dancing show. So that's a couple of weeks away anyway, so uh, that's that. I've sent Fiona Gregory one from you. What? You better not have. Yeah, I have. I think she'll like it. Well, how do you know? Oh, yeah, I, I suppose you know her address somehow. Yeah, found it. And uh, 
yeah, this might be your chance. It's about time you had a girlfriend. All right, well, let's move on, shall we? Fed up with this. Have you actually got a poem about Flash and the Blade or have you been concentrating on love poems? Well, I have, yeah, I've got a poem. And uh, obviously I'm preparing a poem for next week. You haven't mentioned the duel, have you, with Uncle Steve? Oh, no, that's right. Well, uh, as I've said, I don't want that to be um, a sideshow. I want to be focusing on Iron Maiden, as the as the podcast title suggests. Oh, it won't be a sideshow. I think people will think it's the main event. Of course they won't. They'll be tuning in for the duelist mainly. And, yeah, the poetry duel will be nice and might get some people interested in poetry and different things. But, as I said, I, I, I don't want it taking over. So, come on, let's have your poem for Flash the Blade, shall we? All right, hang on then. I didn't like the flash of your blade as I queued up for the ghost train. I thought you'd cut the candy floss from out my tummy and feed it all to Wayne. You threatened with your brawn, but I triumphed with my brain. Is that it? Yeah. I suppose it's good that you mentioned that experience earlier. That helped people to understand the background, but... uh... Yeah, I don't recall you being that scared or, or particularly triumphing with anything clever. Oh, yeah. I suppose I talked to us out of it, didn't I? I suppose. So, uh, you think that's going to get Uncle Steve quaking in his boots for the poetry duel? No. Well, I, it was all right. I know I can do better, but at the same time, I think it's good to lead him into a false sense of security. So, uh, if he does criticise it, that's what I'll say. Anyway, I think it's quite clever. In that it's a sex train with a ghost train in it. I thought we established that sex train wasn't a six-line poem. We had some academics complaining about this. I think this was probably in the first series. Yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll see what forms Uncle Steve comes up with. Okay, well, next week, as well as that, we've, we've got the duelist. So if you could have a listen to that song and come up with some insight in addition to the Uncle Steve bit, uh, that'd be good. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can follow me on social media. You can... Get me on various platforms. I think I'm most active on Twitter. I'm also on Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. Occasionally there's some extra posts there. And uh, if you're feeling generous, you can tip the show. I know a few people have left reviews on Apple lately, so thank you for that, uh, whoever you are. Sometimes I can't see those uh, because people can just leave a star ranking without actually saying anything. Uh, But I know some other people have left comments, and I don't look at this regularly because that would be quite vain, wouldn't it? And there's no way of Apple notifying me because that, that doesn't happen either. But I had a couple in December that seem to have shown up lately. I had one from The Garden of Life. Uh, that was at the end of the year. And that person says that uh, unlike anything else you've heard, which was very nice, talks about a unique take on growing up with Iron Maiden, where I combine a critique of the songs and many other things, including 1980s chocolate biscuits with the odd Frey Bentos pie along the way. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, I like to think it's a bit different. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got a good grasp of what goes on, although it does also talk about Trevor. He says that he's highly individual and at times puzzling poetry. That's good. Maybe I'll mention that to Trevor. Uh, maybe that could be a quote on his next book if he does one. Yeah. Although this person says at times puzzling. I think it might be more often than that. I've also had a review from someone called Lord of the Hawks. I don't know if that is the famous Hawk Lord or someone masquerading as him and he says it's my favourite podcast that's nice it's nice that someone's got this as their favourite podcast I mean some people might cruelly say maybe that's the only one they listen to but no I'm going to suggest that they do listen to more than one Uh, 
And they've actually reviewed it in a poem. Maybe again, I shall pass this on to Trevor. It says, Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast is one that I nearly bypassed, but I gave it a try, and to my great surprise, it shows insight, great music, and big laughs. Maybe it should be laughs to rhyme with bypassed. Podcast, podcast. Do people say podcast in the South? Maybe. Maybe people do say that. But anyway, for the purpose of rhyme, I'm going to say podcast, bypassed, and big laughs. So thank you, Lord of the Hawks. Those are both on the UK Apple Music site, so thanks for that. And thanks for all your support for listening beyond 50 episodes. Or perhaps you haven't. Maybe you've just caught this one. Maybe you thought, oh, I'll start with Flash of the Blade. Uh, And then hopefully you've got this far, and then you can think, well, maybe I'll go back to the beginning and and see what happened in Prowler. Um, Of course, the shows were a bit shorter then. I've had a message from Dre Prescott, and he says um, that he thought Knickerbocker Glory had sponge in it. But then when he looked online, it didn't. So that's interesting. Although he then goes on to say that he was thinking of trifle. And do I think that there should be sponge in a trifle? Uh, That's nice of you to ask. I'm flattered that you want my opinion on such matters. Uh, I'd say yes. I'd like sponge in my trifle, please. Maybe in the jello, you know, like so it's soaked in. I think some people use alcohol, don't they? I don't think that's necessary. You could just have it in the the trifle without alcohol. But yeah, I think you should have sponge in the jelly. Although I'm not sure where that would be in the layers, whether you have that at the bottom. I've never actually made one. My mum used to do them, um, but I can't remember the order. Sometimes there was fruit in the jelly, which which was confusing. Sometimes that didn't work. But uh, yeah, there'd be a layer of blancmange. Maybe Angel Delight. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that was a dream I had. Yeah, anyway, yeah, trifle. Good, good question. But uh, yeah, not necessarily to do with Flash of the Blade, so I'm sorry if someone's making a pie chart. And once again, the proportion of dessert discussion is above that of uh, guitar solos or, or drum licks. So that's track four out of the eight songs on Power Slave. And you might be thinking, oh, I'll turn over to side B then. But that's not what you should be doing, because there are actually five songs on side A and three songs on side B. So we're still on the first side next week with track five, which is The Duelist. And, uh, yeah, I'll be talking about that then. So join me next week, and uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.